as I read through the book of James, I see how it really speaks to every avenue of our life. And he's going to touch issues as we go forth that deal with everyday life and some of the stuff that we see on the news and we face in terms of our daily walk in, lo- in this journey called life. And the key is going to be to hear what he says, take what he says, and then simply just do it. Amen? So we talked about, in the first, we introduced this in the first few verses there, and we talked about that the key part of all this is that James wants us to know that we need to have wisdom. And he tells us in verse 5 that if any of us lacks wisdom, we're only to do one thing. We're to ask God. If you want to be a wise man, woman, boy, or girl, and do things right, you have to ask God. And he tells us that if we ask him, he gives to all generously and ungrudgingly. And everything that flows out of the rest of this book and this chapter is hinged on having the wisdom of God to be able to live out what he says we ought to do. In these verses here, verse 9, 10, and 11, we have the rich man and the poor man. And what we find out is two different people, but serving the same God. And what we find out is that he admonishes both groups, but both groups have to realize that how they live that out is all dictated upon having the wisdom to understand where they are. He starts out by letting us know this. He says, let the brother of humble circumstances, that could be humble, that could be lowly, or sometimes it could even be interpreted those who are poor. He says, let the brother of humble circumstance do what? Boast in his exaltation. In other words, he's saying that the word boast also has the connotation of pride. Now, we know there's two types of pride. We understand there's two types of pride. There's the pride where we think of ourselves better than we ought. But there's also a pride that we should have that dictates that we know that whatever God has given to us comes from him, and we don't have pride in ourselves but we have the pride of what God has done for us. I think so many times people, belittle, we belittle ourselves because if you've got a certain talent or ability, it's not that you go, you know what, I know I am somebody because I can. No. Whatever you and I do, we couldn't do it without the grace of God. So if I'm good at a certain thing, I don't take pride in it of myself, but I do have a certain sense of pride in the sense that Yes, God's given me this talent, this ability. Had it not been for him, I wouldn't be able to do it. That's not putting yourself up or putting yourself down. It'd be like Brother Randy says, hey, to a certain degree, I know I can sing. Somebody could hear that and go, well, man, he thinks he's really hot stuff. No. It's evidence evidence by what we hear and what he has done. The brother can what? Sing. We all have talents. We all have abilities. But he says here, let the brother of humble circumstances boast in his exaltation. In other words, the fact that he is humble, what he has to realize is that he has to exercise divine wisdom to know how fleeting his outward status is. Got that? In other words, I may be poor, but my status is, go- is always going to be elevated because of what God can do. All right. Amen. Amen. 
Now, the contrast is I know, and probably most of us have a sense of, we're poor. <laughs> we're not as well off as we want to be. Oh, we're, we're better than we think. But in our estimation, compared to other people who have money flowing out of their ears, we go, oh, no, Pastor, you know what? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm really poor. And sometimes we're poor not because of God. We're poor because of ourselves. We just didn't do right by what we had, and now we're paying the consequences for it. If we could roll back the clock, do some things differently, we would. But he's telling this person that is poor, do not consider yourself poor because, listen, you are to exercise, and here's the key, divine wisdom. He just talked about wisdom previously. Ask God to help you see things from the right perspectives. What? Number one, riches are fleeting. They're here today and gone today. We're going to learn about that in a few moments. He asked us to have the correct attitude to our status and station in life. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 19 through 20, here's what he says. He says, don't store for yourselves, up for yourselves, treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures where? In heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. If you're going to have treasure, if you want to be rich, it's not about being rich in this world standard, but it's being rich in the treasures of God and in the treasures of heaven. And he also brings out this idea in James is that as, a, as some of us may consider ourselves poor or your humble or lowly status, he says God's special grace is he's going to elevate you one day. So though nobody may know my name in this world, I'm not known like some like Michael Jordan and all these other people, movie stars and sports. Nobody may ever know. Nobody may ever know that I ever pastored a church in Wilmington, Ohio. That's not the important thing. What is important is to know that God sees what we do. And in due time, though we may be lowly in this world standard, God will raise us up in the future. But that only comes about by having the right perspective and asking God to give us wisdom to see it right. If I look over the course of my own life, I have truly have been blessed. I thank God. I may not have a, a lot of money. There's not a lot of zeros behind my bank account. There's not a lot, six, eight, ten figures, whatever. But what I do have, I thank God for. And what I really thank God for is my health. The old-timers would say a reasonable portion of health and strength, and I thank him for my family. Throughout it all, we've had illness and sickness, but guess what? God brought us through. Amen? He's been an on-time God. Yes, he is. When I thought I didn't have nothing, he says, oh, wait a minute. You have more than you think you have. Did I not give you a house? Now, I was telling somebody the other day, my wife loves to watch HGTV with all the houses and the homes. And she's into this tiny house thing. 200 square feet. People buying houses. You know, they, one, one family, what they have. This girl grew up in a home with 15,000 square foot house. She get, she's getting married and they want to have horses and do whatever. They're looking at a two to three, four hundred square, square uh, house, little house. I go to go from 15,000 to 400 square feet of a house. 
I watch it with her sometimes, and I hear these people talk about, you know, they, they, they have, they're spending $500 million, $2 million for a home, and they walk through and they say, well, it only had, this house is small, okay? You got five or six bedrooms and four, three or four or five bathrooms and dining room, living room, all of the, and it's too small. Well, it's small because it only has four bathrooms. Listen, my whole entire life, I have grown up with one bathroom. The house I grew up in as a child, one bathroom. The house I live in now, one bathroom. So to get a half bath or another bath would be like, heaven! <laughs> but until then, we've learned to adjust to what we got. But I don't think of myself as being poor. When I grew up as a child, we probably were poor, but I never knew we were poor. I didn't understand that until I got older. Go, oh, you know what? My mom would sacrifice and I'd eat sometimes. She would give it to us. All that stuff that we as parents do so our kids don't know what's really going on. But I thank God for that because I have never, ever thought of myself as being so poor. I think, in a way, God gave me the wisdom to appreciate what I do have. And that's all he's really trying to contra contrast between this rich man and the poor man. If you've got it, and that's what he's going to talk about when he talks here in the next verse there, he talks about the rich. He says, uh, but let the brother humble circumstances boast in his exaltation, but let the rich boast in his humiliation because he will pass away like a flower of the field. In other words, when you have money, you don't worry about anything else. The problem is your focus is strictly on the money and what money can do for you. It must be a great thing not to worry about M-O-N-E-Y. I mean, people, I know people, to spend 5000 10000 or more is not a big deal. Would you believe on some days, depending on how things go, $20 is a lot of money? I'm just being real with you. Everybody says, Pastor, that's awful small. But if you ain't got butt, you thank God for the 20 Every now and then I go in one of my pockets and I go, oh, is that something? And I forgot I stuck a five or a ten, and I'm shouting hallelujah at the five or ten that I got that I stuck in one of my soup pot, uh, pockets. It ain't going to take much. So if I ever was to win the lottery or ever somebody just says, hey, here's a couple hundred million, here's a, a million dollars, you know, all of us are playing, so I guess I should say all of us, but some of us are saying, you know what, I, get, I got vaccinated, guess what? I'm putting my name in just on the chance that if I got vaccinated, I might win this million dollars. After taxes, it might be less than that, but who cares? It's still a lot of money. It's more than what I had now. If I had won $5, I'm just being real with you. If, if we go and get a little rub off and get five, I'd say, well, okay, we spent a dollar, two dollars, we got five. Hey, that's more than what we had before. Praise be to God. But when you got it, that's what he said. Poor person, realize God's going to raise you up. Exalt in where God is going to place you. Rich person, be very aware, exalt yourself, but know this, that what you have can very easily be taken away from you. Amen? He talks about the hollowness of riches. Because what you do is, you think you're your own God when you got it. You forget it that God blessed you to get it in the first place. And if you're doing better today than when you first started out on the journey, guess what? It's not about you. It's all about God. Who do you think gives you the ability? 
I've got a couple brothers in here that worked at the post office and I worked at UPS. The only reason I lasted so long is because of God's grace and mercy. He kept me healthy enough. I mean, yes, I didn't always follow all the rules. Did I pick up packages, buy their bands and all that stuff that they tell you not to do? Yes, I did. But God, I never got cut. I never got this. I didn't hurt my back and throw it out of whack. All 36 years that I was employed by UPS, guess what? I was able to make it. And when I retired, they, they, one of my uh, uh, managers asked me, Dan, I don't see where you ever had a lost time injury. I said, I tried not to. I said, I purposely, as I got older, and you guys got crazier, we went from 50-pound boxes to 75 to 150, and now it's way over that. I said, I'm not trying, I was not going to try to lift 150 pounds by myself. One day I got a crankshaft to a car that was loaded on my truck. I told him, this is oversized. He says, well, it's already here. Go ahead and deliver it. I said, oh. I called one of my buddies close. I said, you've got to help me with this thing. I am not taking. In other words, God blessed me to be able to last all those years. It wasn't me. It was him. So if we have riches, if we have poor, thanks be to God for whatever station we're in. If you're poor and you feel you're poor today, hey, guess what? God's going to bless you with riches above and beyond this material world. If you're saved and you know it, that's more valuable than having eight figures in your bank account. Because yeah. I'd rather be saved and poor than to be rich and have money and not know who God is. Yeah. Amen? Amen? Jesus says in Matthew 19, 23 and 24, here's what he says. Jesus said to his disciples, truly, listen to this, truly I tell you, Jesus is talking, truly I tell you, it would be hard for a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven. Oh, it's hard. You know why? Because they think they're their own God. They think they don't need God. Again, I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through, an, uh, through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. It's not that they can't, but it's just harder because they put and who they are and what they have on all their material world. They've lost focus. They've lost perspective. They really believe that the money is it. The Bible says money is the root of all evil. Not that money is evil. It's a great thing. If you've been blessed with money as a Christian, you know why? Because then you can invest in kingdom business. You can support missionaries. You can support different projects. Why? Because you got the money to do it. When I hear on the news that the guy that builds those cars, whatever, is spending hundreds of millions of dollars for people just to go into outer space, Elon Musk, you want to go? You got 50 million or more? You can go up and come back down. I'm thinking, number one, I, I have, I, I was able to see space back in the day when they would go up and they circle the Earth and they showed. That's good enough for me. I don't need to go up and do that. But the idea is people who have that much money to spend just to go up for a few moments and then come back down, why not take that same money and invest it? 
We got people with diseases. We got people that need that are sick and hungry and all this other stuff that's going on in the world. Take some of that hundred millions and billions of dollars that we're spending, just throwing it away somewhere, and really invest in people that are down here that are suffering. And that's why he says, but let the rich boast in his humiliation because his, he will pass away like the flower of the field. In other words, money is fleeting. Money is temporary. Money is here today, gone tomorrow. But he also wants us to know that, that if we have a proper use of our riches, we can do that because First Timothy 6, 17 and 19 tells us if you've got money, listen, listen to the instruction Paul tells Timothy to give those of us who may have some money. He says, instruct those who are rich in the present age not to be arrogant or to set their hope on the uncertainty of wealth. The reason why some of us don't have any more money than we have, we do not trust God with the wealth that we have. There's two things I, that, that, that you have to be willing to understand. If you've got it, you have to reinvest it. First of all, the investment is in tithes and offerings. If you really invest in the kingdom of God, it's not about the amount. It's the fact that you're being faithful to what God has given you. And then God will bless you, or give you a return on the money that you have. Now, the proper attitude is I don't give because I want God to bless. I give because that's what God says I ought to do. But make no mistake. If you're faithful in a little, God said he will bless you with much. The reason why we don't have much is because we're not faithful with the little. And he's telling, Paul was telling Timothy to tell the rich, do not be arrogant. Do not think this is of yourself, but to set your hope on the, or to set your hope on the uncertainty of wealth. Stock market crash, you can lose everything you got. There's a difference between some of us and some of those people that have money. They're willing to put money in the stock market, and if they lose everything, it's not. It's like, okay, we go from zip, we have Hundreds of millions of dollars, and we lost everything. Guess what? They go right back in and invest some more money and take off all over again. And if it's of, if it's of God, God's going to bless it. Amen? Whatever he has in store for you and I, he's going to do it. But, he says, are not to be arrogant or to set their hope on the uncertainty of wealth, but on God, who richly provides us with all things to enjoy. God's not a killjoy. He wants you to have a nice home. He wants you to have nice cars. He wants you to have nice clothes. This idea that the more poor I am, the more closer I am to God is a misnomer. You could be poor and be a hellion, as well as be rich and be on fire for God. We tend to think that if I don't have, God's going God's to bless me with more because he likes the poor people. Well, yeah, he blesses the poor, but guess what? That doesn't guarantee because your attitude. It's all about using the wisdom of God. They have the right perspective. He says also in verse 18, instruct them, teach them, tell them to do what is good, to be rich in good works, to be jealous, generous, and willing to share. If I've got it, I should be willing to share it. The reason we don't share, because we say we ain't got it. So we think. He says, and if you do those things, you're storing up for yourself. They're stored up for themselves as a good 
foundation for the coming age so that they may take hold of what is truly life. If you invest, if you give, if you share, if you be generous, you're storing up treasures for yourself. To show the, the frivolousness, the, the, the scarceness, how easy it is to have today and to be gone tomorrow, James wraps it up in verse number 11. He says, rich person, consider that your riches can bring you down. But in the bringing down, it will humble you to know that you got it from God. Poor person, the fact that you don't have, you're going to be elevated because God is going to allow you to see that even if you don't have, what you do have is him. And he is above and beyond what we could ever imagine or think. It's better to have Jesus and be poor than not to have Jesus. If you've got money, God has a way of balancing out that if you have the right perspective, if you use wisdom to understand then God is going to bless. And the uncertainty of riches is wrapped up in verse number 11. Here's what he says. The sun rises, does it not? And together with the scorching winds, the idea that like in Southern California, you see those forest fires out there, the winds come across the desert, the hot air blows across, and when there is no fire because of the heat and intensity from the air that's there, it can... It, Ignite and light a forest fire just like that. Same thing here in this area that he's talking about over in the Middle East. The Sriracha winds. The, scor the sun rises and together with the scor scorching wind, it dries up the grass, its flower falls off, and its, and its beautiful appearance perishes away. Go out, you see luscious green, you see the beauty of the flowers, and because of the dry, hot wind, it comes across, and what was once beautiful is now scorched and burned up. He says, in the same way, just like it does with the flowers and the grass, in the same way, the rich person will wither away while pursuing his activities. In other words, if you don't do it right, if you have money and you're pursuing the wrong thing, God says, it can dry up. I think it's in, I want to say, Proverbs 30. No, Psalm 37. Too many of us compare ourselves to rich and poor. There are people who have more than we could ever imagine. There are people that are blessed and rich above and beyond what we could ever think. But know this. And if your heart's not right, it makes no difference, poor or rich. And what James is trying to get us to see is that the wisdom of God helps us to see things in the right perspective. If you don't have and you lose it, you just don't know. But if you've had it and you lose it, guess what? That's kind of a painful thing. People who've never, there are people who, they don't, they don't know what it's like to say, well, you know what? I can't do this today or this week. You know, I need to fix my car, but if I take it to the shop, it's going to cost me four or $500. Mm. I don't have that right now. But if I had it, I would do it. But I don't have it. Now let me wait till the first of the month when I get paid. Then I can do it. Well, if you don't have money, hey, 
four or five hundred dollars, whatever it costs, man, fix it. I recently took the van in and I had him look at something. And the guy says, I said, I always tell him, call me before you do the work. Look at it, examine it, let me know what's wrong, and then call me before you do it. Don't don't fix it, and then I got a five thousand dollar bill because you did. no, call me. He fixed the thing I told him to fix, which was reasonable. It was good. I could afford it. He said, well, I can't do the exhaust is what it was. He says, it's about 25. I said, oh, no, 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 no. 25. I'm, trying, I'm thinking about getting rid of that thing. I'm not putting 2500 and that's old. No, no can't do. I said, okay, thank you. You fixed what I asked you, and it's working good. But mm-mm. So I do a Sister Tammy every now and then, Jesus Keep Betty running a little bit longer. So maybe by the end of the year, when I get ready to go look at some, a, new, a new car, it'll at least be able to drive to the, to the lot. And I can tell the man, whatever it's worth, that's, and then I want that one over there. I said that because in life, that's really where it really, the nitty-gritty of it is. He, James is saying, look, practicality, practical, and James is a practical guy. If you got it, be careful. Don't put all your... Bake everything on what you have. Realize it comes from God. And if you're poor, yes, you may not have it, but know this. God is going to bless you with other things in other ways that's beyond just money. And that's encouraging to me. I would say, we, would, we, we might say that we're poor, but we're really not. We just don't have the, the, the figures behind the F's in the two lines. Because we've all been blessed mightily. My house compared to other houses may not be as good as. But sometimes that's my own perspective. Because I can tell you, delivering the houses across southern Ohio and Adams and Brown and Claremont and and Warren and Clinton and all these, and Ashland, whatever, Highland County, I've been able to, houses that were big, I walk up to and I go, oh my God. What would I do with this big house? Look what you've done. They literally wrecked the house. I, I've seen it. Brand new house, built. Nice house. And in a matter of months, totally destroyed. I'm like, what is wrong with you people? If I had this, I would be taking care of you know? And that's all James is trying to say. Have the right perspective. Ask God for wisdom to appreciate the blessings that you have and even the blessings that you don't have, because it is all of God. Whether I'm rich or whether I'm poor, help me, Lord, to have the right attitude to know that if I don't, you'll bless and have and will, and if I have, I need to be careful not to take my pride and and my exaltation of what I have, but lean more and more on you to use what I do have to use it rightly to bless somebody along life's journey. Mr. Hernandez, it's good to have you here. Amen. And I'm going to use you as an illustration. And I'll be done. A friend of his called and asked, hey, I have a friend that is looking for a church to come to. Amen. Would you be willing to pick him up and bring him to service? We missed each other for a couple weeks. 
So last week, I called, this past week, the week before, I called and finally caught up with your friend. I said, um, yeah, we can pick him up. I said, it's not a problem. And she gave me your number and stuff. Because this is what I think. So many of us are so, so many, and I can't say all, but the idea of picking somebody up for church is not that big a deal. You could probably call a lot of churches, and depending on who you talk to, they could very easily have said, oh, no, I can't, we can't do that. We're in the middle of, you know, number one, I don't know who this person is. Number two, this is, you know, we're on, we're, we got all this stuff going on. And no, 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 no. Just call the city. They can pick you up. Where is what Jesus says when you did it to the least of these, my brothers, you've done it unto me. We've gotten so, in the last year and a half, we've gotten away from to know to do the right things by people. So I called her, called her up and said, yep, not a problem. Tell them I'll be there between 940 and 945. I called him this morning. I said, is this Keith Hernandez? He said, yes, sir. I said, I'm on my way. I'll be there in a few moments. He said, I'm apartment 1042, apartment A. I'll be outside. And I pulled it to like the third building on the left-hand side. I was counting 1065, 1040, ah, 1042. Using my UPS training to know where it was at. And I pulled up, and there he was. <laughs> there he was, waiting. He kind of looked up at first. I went, yep, it's me. Come on here, brother. Because we got to be real. we got to realize, and I told him this, and I'm telling you this. If somebody wants to come to church that bad, he says, I wanna, I really, I've been really wanting to come to worship. we got an obligation to try to get him here. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. And I told him. And I close on this. I wish I had more people dying, wanting whatever means by any means necessary to get to the house of God. I would be, I'd probably faint. I mean, people just coming in by the groves. I'd be like, because we don't, that, that kind of attitude doesn't exist much in this world. So thank you, sir, for being here today. Really appreciate your time. As well as all of you, all the rest of you. It's good seeing you. Would you stand with me for a moment? Father, we thank you for your, your word that tells us, rich or poor, you care about us all. We ask, Lord, that you would help us to have the right perspective, to think rightly by you. We thank you for James is going to challenge us at the very core of who we are to be, say we're Christians, but our actions really dictate how we do it. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for everybody that's here. We ask, Father, that you touch hearts and touch minds. In Jesus' name, amen.